Live from the VanastaHomesales.com studios, it is The Running Theory with Rick and Rob. Hold your applause. Hold your applause, please. How's it going, Rob? Oh, we are back. We are back for another episode of The Running Theory. Live, streaming live all over the world, Facebook and YouTube. That's right. And bonus action, we put these podcasts up on iTunes okay, and Spotify, Google Play, pretty much all the big time podcast places, uh, platforms. You can check us out. We're and everywhere. you can listen to us in the car. We're everywhere. We, we are everywhere. <laughs> hey, See? I got to ask you, how have you been, man? I haven't seen you. I feel like I haven't seen you in like a week. I know. I you, know. you had a little procedure done. Right. We're out for a couple of days. I was out of town this weekend, down in the beautiful Palm Coast. I left out at 5 o'clock in the morning and drove on down the Palm Coast for a little soccer tournament. Nice. For, that was? For, for my eight-year-old. You know what? We were playing a year up. They do all this stuff, travel soccer. They do it all by the birth year. And so we were playing a year older because we had some older kids, and we had – Four out of our six players were girls, and so we didn't play any other teams with the girls. And so we took a slacking, but we <laughs> learned. You know, you don't sure. know what you're doing until you actually get out there. And so we played hard. Uh, you know, even when we were getting just shellacked, uh, the girls didn't quit and the boys didn't quit. And hey, you know right. what? That's there right, was. Man learning experience you know and we've all been out there i've had some learning experiences when you run you know half marathons or marathons oh, yeah. and you just definitely you get shellacked out on there on the course of course so. yeah yeah you learn the hard way out there sometimes unfortunately so what have you been up to well you know like i say i've, been, I've laid off for a few days but i got back to it on friday and i ran a few miles friday and then i ran a few miles on saturday and uh and we went pretty good um like I was saying earlier, you know, my calves were like really sore. You know, like I hadn't ran in a few days, which mm-hmm. obviously I haven't. But uh, I was feeling, I got those cramps in the middle of the night like you get sometimes. You know, when you're, you're laying there so comfortable and you're, you get these cramps in your leg and you jump up. Had a few of those. Well, you know, this this morning at 630, it was 75 degrees with like a thousand percent humidity. Yeah. The dew point was like 75 which I don't know. We've talked about dew points before. I don't know if we talked about yeah. it on the show. I'm going to ask our guest about that because he actually kind of introduced me, whether he knows it or not, he introduced me to dew point uh, several years uh-huh. ago at a race, I think. So I want to talk to him about that a little bit. But, too. you know, you go out there and the the air is heavy and it is hot. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. I can tell. I can. Humidity is something in South Georgia we just deal with. It could be the dead of winter and we're going to deal with humidity. But when you add the heat to that, this was like baking. I think today's heat index was supposed to be 105. Holy smokes! Yeah. So that is that's hot. That's getting to the to the time of summer when you come home and you've lost five pounds out on a run. Well, it's funny what you cling to when you're out there on the road. You know, just that little breeze you get every now and then. A little bit of shade when you're running along. You know, just means so much because I tell you, for me, I mean, the the direct sunlight and the heat and humidity, it's just it's just a killer for me. I, you know, it just puts me down. It really really makes me struggle to get through that. But. uh Anything you can get out there, you know, mm-hmm. a, an easy breeze, you know, a little overcast is always great. Mm-hmm. And these are the time of years when you can't get discouraged because you had a bad run. That's right. You know, if you planned on 10 and you only get 7, 
it's okay. You can't beat yourself up. That, that's for sure. You know, and I told myself, Rob, when, when I kind of got back to it, and we kind of alluded to this on our first episode, was that when I got back to it and started running again, that you know, I was going to have fun with it this go-round. I wasn't going to push myself too hard. I was going to get out here and, and have a good time. I, I want to, I've got goals, and I, and I want to accomplish certain things, but at the same time, I'm just not going to overdo it. I'm going to get out here and have some fun with it. So, you know, like you just said, I'm not going to go out there and, and beat myself up if I don't get 10 miles. You get out there and what we call bear cult. Yeah. That bear is lurking out there, and you're running just fine, and then you go get bear caught, and you end up on the ground. I remember one of the funniest <laughs> stories. I remember this. I know what you're <laughs> talking about. <yeah. laughs> and this is a, uh, uh, this had to be Was this me or, or you? I mean, th- Well, this, I think... is, this was one of my stories. Okay. Uh, we were running, and we were training. I forget what we were training for. This was many years ago. And this was back when you had the crew with, you know, um, it was Debbie and yeah, we had we had the the Danger Runner crew, but you know we had the other crew that that sh- the fast crew that was showing up and uh-huh. uh, it had to be Todd Smoot and Ryan Kelly and Tom Phillips and uh, what was the other guy uh, Sam Louie? Uh, Louis Louis oh Sam Louis yeah. Sam yeah. Louis yeah. and you know they had a big pack running and I ended up I don't know if we were on our second loop of uh, probably like a 20 miler and I was laying there on Bay Tree and I was starting to cramp up in my legs and you were there and you were holding my leg up and (laughs) these guys that are just running like this nothing are just like sitting there laughing I remember that yeah and and Sam Louie was the only one he's like I got some salt tablets if you want some yeah, no, well, I'm good. I'm forward. just, you know, you know, just trying to stretch it out a little bit. You remember that morning we were running, we were doing the 10 mile loop, and we were like six miles in, and I just laid on the ground. Remember, we were in that driveway, <laughs> yeah. and I laid down. I was done. I was just toast, and I just lay there. And I, I mean, it felt so good just to lay on that that mm-hmm. concrete, and I had all I wanted. And I think I went up walking back. Yeah, you got to gather your thoughts just yeah. so you can make yeah. it back to the yeah. house. Crash and burn every now and then, but hey, it's all fun. Yep. So, who do we have with us today? Man, I am so honored to have Mike Beeman with us here today. Mike is uh, from Tifton. He's an educator over in Tifton, but man, he is he is a runner's runner. I mean, the guy has just got so much to tell us. I mean, come on over, Mike. Uh, you know, I know Mike, but I don't know Mike. We don't hang out together or anything, but we know each other well enough that we speak all the time, and he's just a good fellow, man. I mean, Mike's always involved with a lot that's going on there in Tifton, and, you know, I know that he's uh, helped a lot of people in running, and, you know, I've just got a lot of questions for him. I know he can tell us so much. So, Mike, welcome. Well, thank you guys for having the old guy on here, but uh, I regard you as a friend. I wish we did hang out because I don't yeah. hang out enough. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. You know, it seems like all I do is work and run and, and then drive home. That's about it. Well, I, <clears throat> all I do right now is run because I'm a teacher, and, of course, we've been on a sabbatical, if you will, with the um, COVID, and it's a serious business, as you know. So I get to run in the morning, I get to run at night, but to to your point, Rob, about, you know, running and, and the distance and so on and so forth, I try not to change my distance goals, but I change my pace goals so I can get the distance. So say if mm-hmm. I wanted to do 10 or 12, I would do that, but I'd slow down a lot. That's that's my theory on that whole, right. you know, especially with this heat. And uh, the point you made about dew point and humidity, I have this, uh, I call them beaming points, all right? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the beaming points is when you add the temperature Mm-hmm. dew point and humidity together and in our mornings they're usually like this morning was 243 243 which is extremely high the highest i've ever had in south georgia is 255 so the humidity was 100 and then the temperature was 78 and the dew point was 77 you might as well just you know get your coffin because that's that's really bad so it's tough to go 
above 220. Above 230, you're going to suffer. When it's when it goes like today, 240. I just I did a two-hour run. My joke was it took me three hours to do a two-hour run, yeah. <laughs> but it was I went through two pairs of shorts, two singlets because I changed out because I just sweat so much. But boy, it feels good afterwards. Oh yeah. And my pace wasn't that bad. It was wasn't that off. But then when you get the cooler weather. You know, it makes you, you can run sure, stronger. Yeah. So a 10-mile run, I'll never stop. And just, you know, I can run with somebody like Melissa Luke. <laughs> yeah, if you can <laughs> these days. Hey, I was going to ask you, I don't know if you can actually narrow it down to this, but if you're like an eight-minute, if you're an eight-minute a mile uh, runner, I mean, this kind of weather, I mean, can you, can you, can you kind of back it off to what you should be running? Well, if you're if you normally train at eights in this weather, you're going to be over nine because my normal training pace right now at my old age is nine minutes is is very good, and so now I if, if I'm going ten to ten fifteen a mile, I'm very satisfied with that. But it's all relative. So sure. when I was younger, you know, you know, in the Todd Smoot days, although I was up there when he was down here, you know, our <clears throat> our training pace was six thirty to seven miles for seven minute miles on a 20 mile run but on a hot day would be seven thirty eight minutes a mile for you know, yeah. that so just about a minute for me so, so when you're doing distance basically the idea is you want to be moving along nice and easy yes you can converse it, oh goodness yes and the hardest thing for me to teach because at this stage of the game i run the marathons you know I run them slowly, you know, four to four and a half hours for me is, is slow, and it might be slower than that. But to help people achieve that marathon distance, I just slow them down. So let's, for instance, Rob is training for a four-hour marathon. So that's, I think, nine, 17 a mile, something in that range. I would have Rob train at probably 10.30, 10.20 a mile for his long runs, about a minute slower. And of course, I'm I'm of the Jeff Galloway uh, fan club because Jeff and I used to interface quite a bit in my younger days. And I believe in those walk breaks. I'm a I I walk all the time. You know, I take my breaks whether it's a minute or 30 seconds. So I teach the beginner ratio running. For instance, run three minutes, walk 30 seconds, or run two minutes, walk a minute, uh, walk two minutes and run a minute you know everybody's at a different level but the achievement is still the same you know if i had a a lady the other day that made it five miles for the first time in her life and she was thrilled you know and she was doing yeah, that's a great achievement one to two so it's all it's all relative to the individual right uh so go ahead Rob. i want to go back to how you got started because you're a hooper by nature you're a basketball player yes <laughs> i went to uh in high school because people say, well, you must have been a track star in, in high school. And I'm one of those uh, converted people that uh, in high school, and it was a long time ago, uh, I graduated from high school in 1974 in New Hampshire, by the way. And uh, as, a, as a basketball player, in order to get shape, I ran cross country. I hated it. <laughs> Hard <laughs> and, to imagine. <laughs> yeah, I hated it. And, but it got me in shape for the basketball season. So I went to uh, Merrimack College, which is a Division II school and a basketball scholarship. But I also ran, and I was pretty good in track. Like, I didn't know that I was good. You know, I was um, 800, well, it was an 880 back then. Mm -hmm. And I ran sub two as a senior. I had no idea what that meant, but I was good at it. So when I got into college, I went in as a basketball player. And Division II, I, you know, played a couple of years sub varsity. 
you know, and then was a role player my junior and senior years. Well, during that time, the cross-country coach, you know, obviously wanted me on the team, so I was. And I lost the weight during cross-country season and basketball, you know, I bulked up. Well, before my senior year in, in basketball, I was so hooked on running that summer that I wanted to <laughs> qualify for the Boston Marathon because my friend, Dave McGilvery, who was my teammate in cross country, who was the current race director mm -hmm. of the Boston Marathon, world-renowned race director. He was my teammate and went to Merrimack with me. I watched him run it in 1977, and I said, I'm going to run it next year. <laughs> <laughs> in the meantime, we were training for the basketball season, and I went away uh, one weekend and ran this marathon up in Canada and missed qualifying for the Boston Marathon by 29 minutes. I didn't have a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't tell anybody. Came back, and we started basketball season. But I found another marathon in New Jersey in December, and we had an open weekend. So I drove down. I remember driving down on a Saturday, running it on Sunday. Now, remember, I'm a senior in college, weighed 185 pounds. I ran two hours and 56 minutes, and the qualifying time was three hours. So I ran it in the spring of 1978 with no like I went through the basketball season I got in a couple runs I did a couple 15 mile runs and went out and ran Boston in 1978 and just kept running so what was the difference I mean how, why did you make it that time do you think just those extra runs is what uh, put you over the hurdle you I just, think you I, just knew what how to run it yeah or you just I think that I had a lot of athleticism you know how you just have that athletic ability I didn't do long runs of 22, 23. I just, and I really wasn't smart. I think I went out at six minute pace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and probably died at about 20 miles, but you know, finished up in under three yeah. hours. But back then you had to run under three hours. And then the next year they changed it to 250. And for the first 10 years that I ran Boston, it was 250 to, just to qualify. So my idea was I'll do it there and then not worry about it for the rest of the uh, year. So I was just blessed with, um, I guess, genetics and the fact that I had some great, you know, tutors along the way because I worked for Nike for a while before I got into teaching in Converse. And along the way, you know, you've got some people that are very well versed in running. Arthur Lydiard, the famous New Zealand coach, he worked with me in Converse and we used to travel together. And he really lay down you know what it's like to run long and long and long and long and just get stronger and stronger he believes that americans run too fast he says you guys run too fast all the time and uh, he was right so mm -hmm. he says your long run should be 25 to 30 miles and they should be so conversational it feels like you're walking and i i believe that to this day god rest his soul so i took a lot from him and incorporated it into my own training and then tried to help my fellow runners or the kids that I've coached over the years. Um, not everybody likes to run slow. They, mm -hmm. they believe, well, if you go faster, I'm going to get faster tomorrow. But as we know, if you go faster tomorrow than you did today and faster the next day, you're probably going to get injured. Yeah. Well, you know, I talk to a lot of, I coach a lot of middle school basketball. And, you know, I played basketball when I was in college at Division three school. But I tell the one advice I give to these young kids, 10, 11 years old, I was like, start to enjoy running. If you enjoy running, running is the basis for all sport. So if you enjoy running, if you will, you know, and it doesn't have to be long. 
if you go out and run a couple miles a couple times a week during the off season and start to enjoy it you will when basketball season comes if you start to run line drills a minute or minute 30 second line drill becomes nothing to you you know and so that's i was telling a a, a young girl this weekend she's like, i'm a basketball player i don't enjoy running change your way of thinking <laughs> start to enjoy it and if you start to enjoy it and you become a better runner you will be a better athlete that's correct it it's a base that every sport needs if you're running whether it's slow but getting that base in two three four five miles then your body can do the anaerobic work the mm -hmm. quick stuff the line drills and stuff like that so fortunately for me in college i didn't know it at the time i had that good blend so i could run a sub 10 two mile you know when we'd have our time trial for basketball you know we had to run it in 12 minutes and i do it in like 950 and then as the season started you know i could get up and down the court mm -hmm. you know I wasn't a great player, but I knew my role, mm -hmm. and I was a player that could do things, you know, that required, you know, running around, you know, mm -hmm. just running after another player. Or if I was, you know, in a good offensive mode, you know, it was hard to catch me, you know. And we just ran and ran and mm -hmm. ran, so it was, it was a lot of fun and good memories. But once that stops, you know, our season stopped in March, I don't have four teammates anymore, so I wanted to do something. So that's where the running you know, continued, and I was able to do something, and goodness, I, I praise God every day that, you know, I caught on to it, because it gives you such a focus during your day, you know, it gives you discipline, so for instance, you know, I mentioned the two-hour run this morning, no matter what happens today, if I mess up this interview today, or, you know, if your ratings go down because I'm on here, <laughs> no matter what happens today, at the end of the day, you know, when I kneel down and thank God, I've run two hours at least. And uh, that feels pretty good. You know, yeah, you feel yeah. like you've done something. And I do believe that runners are probably the most disciplined people outside of their running. So they're going to be usually on time. They're going to be have good work ethic. And they're probably going to be fairly healthy and show up for work. So I agree with you. Yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of pluses from it. And, uh, you know. I, I've often said, you know, you joke about, you know, you're going to someday just die on the roads, you know, running. I says, what a way to go, you know, you know, if you're doing something you love. And yeah, absolutely. I've wished for that a couple of times during a couple of marathons. I'm like, if I get hit yeah, I by like a truck right times. here, it'll be just fine with me. Yeah, I'll be fine yeah. to be laid out. They could say, you know, he, 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 he died doing what he loved. Mike, uh, do you do you encourage weight training or anything like that? Uh, strength strength training. We've we've got a terrific um, strength and conditioning coach at our high school now that comes from Valdosta State, Michael yeah. Dosher. Michael Dosher would uh, be great. He's, which we want. We uh, I, we've been talking yeah. about having him on the show. He's, I think he's the one that converted Todd Smoot. Yes, from and, believing in weight training. And for a runner, you know, it's a lot of resistance and you know holding something you know and not heavy weights and he's very good at teaching we've had like three sessions so far with him and i'm very impressed with him and he uses the i guess i call them bands but you know he uses us he uses weight also but uh, his style is very good so yes i've i believe in stretching i believe in i use bands all the time and i use exercise balls and you know i've had so many injuries over the years you know not to sideline me 
completely, but enough to aggravate you for enough. And like any smart runner, if something's hurt, just run on it. <clears throat> no, yeah. don't do that. Don't do that. But that's, you know, do what I say, not what I do. Because right. I've really messed myself up, up a few times. And they linger, and then you say, oh, man, you know, what's wrong with me? And, you know, yeah. it's usually some little quirk, and it's usually not the area that hurts. So if it's your lower back, it might be something down here. I've learned a lot about um, the the other parts of the body affect the upper parts sure. of the body. Yeah. So, well, I want to ask you about a, a particular injury you had a few years ago. But before I do, how many miles have you ran? I, I think you posted that a while back. I looked it up before I came down here. One hundred thirty-two thousand seven hundred sixty-six. So, I that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. So, so but, what is that? What's that equal to as far as like around the world? Uh, kind of put that five in? times around the world, average over. See, I just came up on my 50 year anniversary was June 24th of when I had my first training run because I wanted to get in shape for cross country and I ran it said two miles in my journal and uh, I took 50 years and divided it by uh, I'm sorry uh, it figured out to be 18,250 days right so I divided that into 132,700 and it came out to 7.27 miles per day and that includes days days off over those years. That's pretty good. So do you take days off? Um, uh, not a lot. I should take more. <laughs> I believe in days off, but I also believe that if you know, for the last three months, you run in the morning, run at night, and if you rest in between, mm-hmm. rest is more important than running itself. So when I'm teaching, you know, and coaching, and I go ninety to nothing because I coach cross country. I coach with a basketball program, and I coach track. So I, I don't do as much in terms of mileage, but I take days off, you know, usually a Friday because Saturday is long run day. But I do, do believe in resting the Nobody morning. runs on Friday in Tifton. I'm the only guy out there on Friday evening. Yeah, I go out there and it's just like no one, no one around anywhere. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's an ordinance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. Hey, let me ask you, Mike, uh, a few years ago, and I'm probably going to flub this up, but I know you had a pretty uh, – I, I guess bad injury it kind of really sidelined you mm-hmm. you had something happened in your leg or uh, something detached right yes it was uh bilateral bilateral quadra quad rupture quad tendon rupture ruptured both <clears throat> quad tendons in both legs at the same time they both snapped and uh, I was out on a run, and it was gonna, it was bound to happen. I didn't had no warning, and uh, I was running on Murray, and there's a little pothole right in front of Northeast. And I, somebody went by, and I waved to him. And when I waved, I stepped in the pothole, causing this one just it snapped like it went boom. And when that happens, it's like cutting your tendons. So you, you don't fall forward. You, you just land on your kneecap. Well, when I did, I landed on the right one, and the right one, because it would be like holding you up, and you bend your knees, okay, underneath you, and dropping you from probably, you know, six feet, and it just snaps. That's the tendon snap. And so I did the real smart thing. I tried to get up, <clears throat> which was not the right idea. You had to finish your run, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I couldn't, it, and I saw the tendons roll up. I saw my kneecaps fades you know they started dropping into my shins I go, that's not good i didn't know what it was but i knew i couldn't and i don't carry a cell phone so 
um, Keith Barr was riding his bicycle, and I says, Keith, my car is right over here. Those are my keys. I was going to drive home. I thought it was just going to, you know, be okay. But it'll wear off. In yeah, a yeah. So the ambulance came, and they said, "What's wrong with you?" And I and I was sitting there with my hands back, calm. I was in pain, but I said, "These tendons snapped." I saw them roll up like fruit lo- fruit roll ups, and I said, "You sure?" And I said, "You sure you want to go to the hospital?" I says, "Yeah, I need to go." So I went and uh, I explained to the emergency room doctor what it was, and he says, "No, you'd be you'd be screaming and yelling." And he took his finger and he pushed it, and he could when he pushed it, he pushed down and he could feel a table on the other side. And he says, "Oh yeah, you did it." And so I went into surgery. The doctor said, "Your running days are over," and I said, "That's fine. God's blessed me with so many years. I I can walk, no problem." And had the surgery, it came out real well. The doctor said, there's nothing else damaged. Your tendons are great. Your kneecaps are perfect for your age and somebody that's run as much as you. And um, then the next day, Dr. Scott came in and he says, in his gruff voice, he says, you'll be running in six months, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and I went to Andy Ellis four days later and he says, I'll get you stronger than you were before if you do the rehab right, but it's gonna be tough and it's gonna hurt. I says, give it to me. And he released me. I was supposed to be there six months. He released me in four. He says, there's nothing else I can do for you. And that April, so it happened on Labor Day. That April, I went to Boston in 2013. Everybody's worried that, you know, I'd snap them again. And I wasn't because, you know, uh, you know, God, you know, brings people back from the dead, and you know. Well, they hadn't life. been they hadn't been with you through the rehab, right? And right. I, I mean, exactly. So you know what kind of rehab you did? Yes, and I did Snickers with a friend, and we jogged through it at like five hours. So went up to Boston, and uh, you know, every and my daughter went with me. It's the first time she flew, and she was with a former student of mine who happens to be 59 years old because I was teaching in 1978. And he took her along the course, great friend. He knows the course, he's run it. I met her at four, I met her at 10, I saw her at 20 on right over Heartbreak Hill. And uh, right before you get into Boston College and um, I said to her, I go, Melanie, I'm gonna make it. I said, I'm gonna walk most of the last six miles, but I'm gonna make it and I'm gonna make it in a pretty good time. I'm gonna be like 440, 440 or so. And that, considering I was on two bum legs, and that was the year the bombs went off. Mm-hmm. So I never saw her at the finish. She was uh, taken out of the city, and um, that was just, that's a whole other story. But, you yeah. know, but the funny thing about that, when you put, life is so, it's it just situations. Mm-hmm. Nobody asked me, hey, how are your legs after that? They, they were, what was it like, you know, the bond? They did, not one person said, were your legs okay? Because everything was focused on that bombing. You know, it's right. that, that's incredible how things switch up like that. And yeah. In a million years, I wouldn't have predicted that or what's happening right now. You know, I think you told me at the bombing that, uh, you know, of course they started stopping people and you were what, you were about four miles out? Oh, I was about a quarter mile. Oh, a quarter out. Yeah, mile. I was very did, close. Did you hear it? Did you hear anything? Well, I don't know because, you know, there's so much noise when you get into Kenmore Square. You know, I had already passed Fenway Park. I was less than, I basically had, you know, about 80 meters. And then you turn a corner on Hereford and then you hit Boylston Street. And Boylston Street is where the bombs went off. So I couldn't see it. But certainly there was noise when I went under that final underpass. There was an underpass that, um, 
you saw a picture of it that, that where they stopped us and you could hear something but i didn't know what it was because his mm. sirens going off and so on and so forth so i don't i don't know all i knew was people were coming towards me rather than away from me and they had numbers on like i said and it, at first i was upset I, I was like how dare you um cool down coming towards me you know that feeling mm -hmm. like yeah you're good and it bothered me like i go what cocky you know and i didn't know what was going on and then they started yelling at us to just you know uh stop and and not move and so on and so forth and i realized what was going on but i didn't know how serious it was so i eventually um hopped the barricades which we were allowed to um, looking for somebody's cell phone which i didn't have but the cell phones didn't work so did you know where your daughter was along mm -hmm. that point? I had no idea. So I walked up to Boylston Street to see if, I didn't know if buildings were down. I didn't know if uh, things were blown up. I so really, you just, you know, people are saying there was an explosion, yes. some, or there was a bombing. Yeah, they and, said. They, and they don't elaborate because they don't know. Yeah, so I and, went up there, and the devastation, you, obviously, if you've seen Patriot's Day, which, by the way, is coming out on Netflix, uh, I think Wednesday, starting Wednesday. Great movie. Um, and it's accurate, too. But uh, it just, uh, it was awful. It was absolutely, what I saw was terrible. And I go, wow. You know, it was just the devastation that you saw, the, the you know, the little boy who lost his life and the amount of panic and chaos and terror. People were running, screaming. And then I felt kind of uh, alone because I saw father and daughters and mothers and sons and husband and wives all, you know, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. And nobody's hugging me, you know. I was, I'm like, where's my daughter? And I, I didn't know where to go. So I was, I think it was about 45 degrees. And, uh, of course, you have a singlet and shorts. And that's all I had on. No cell phone, no, nothing warm, and I'm freezing. And I was, you know the feeling after a marathon. you Because oh, sure. I had made it 26 miles. So I was walking down Hereford Street away from the, where everything happened and I literally looked up and I said what do I do now what do I do and I saw these kids college kids going into a building and I because everything was in lockdown immediately and mm -hmm. I said uh, where are you guys going and they said this is our frat house are you okay and I says no I says I'm freezing if you had a number on that day a Boston Marathon number any day that Boston's run you're a rock star you could probably <laughs> really hurt somebody and get away with it because you ran Boston so come in come in and uh, so I went in and they go have the you can have the the easy chair and there was males and females they're getting ready to do their drinking games and stuff and they they said uh, do you drink beer and I said no but today I will <laughs> and uh, they said we can offer you a ketchup sandwich but that was it and uh, those kids the credit to the younger generation they took care of me and they would not let me leave their little frat house until I got in contact with Melanie. And mm -hmm. it took a while, it took about an hour before the call went through, but it didn't go to, to her, it went to Paul, my friend, and they were 30 miles away already. They were out of the city, gone. And uh, Paul says, just get up to Wilmington. I know where Wilmington is because I'm from there. So I, uh, you know, hitchhiked a ride to the train station thinking I could take a train up there. The train station was closed because everything was closed. Mm. I did not know the magnitude of what happened. I had no idea. I thought people in Tifton didn't even know about it. I thought, oh man, they're going to think I hurt myself again because I didn't 
I didn't make it across the finish line. I had no idea, no idea what was going on. And finally, I, I got a cab, and it took me 30 miles away, and I got reunited with my daughter. And then as soon as I got in the vehicle, um, Melanie's cell phone was charged, and it was just going, it was beeping and, you know, all these calls and so on and so forth. It was an experience that was, it was unparalleled, you know, in, in my lifetime, certainly. What is your connection with Wesleyan College? I know that. Uh, oh, Wellesley? <laughs> what is it, Wellesley? I'm sorry. Wellesley College is uh, an all women's school. It's the only school on the planet that I told my daughter she couldn't go to. <laughs> <laughs> so at the 12.32 mile mark is Wellesley, Wellesley College. And the tradition is those girls, and I think it's every single one, they get out on the right hand side of the marathon course. And they call it the Wellesley College Screen Tunnel. And they scream, and they have, hold up signs. It's been the kissing booth of the Boston Marathon since, the, I guess, the 40s. And so when you go by, you're supposed to kiss a girl. But now they've made signs like, kiss me, I'm a freshman, kiss me, I'm homecoming queen, kiss me, I'm this, kiss me, I'm that. And they put, like, they're just amazing. So for 33 years, I think, I, every time I ran by there, I was so looking at my watch because I wanted to run a certain time not realizing that I I don't have to qualify anymore after 25 years I didn't know that so they told me after 32 years I didn't have to qualify anymore so now what I do is I made that shirt that says I heart Wellesley College well you'd think I was Justin Bieber at a high school dance I mean <laughs> they are and they're eight deep and they just they want to they want to kiss you on the cheek and they want to take a selfie so I spend five six minutes <laughs> so that's why I have the shirt but <clears throat> being a marketing teacher I got smarter um, a few years ago I switch out the shirt after I get through Wellesley you go through Wellesley and you go through Newton and after you go through the hills in uh, Newton which is the Heartbreak Hill the famous Heartbreak Hill when you crest the top of the hill then you go down right and you run right through BC so I switch out shirts with my daughter, and the second one says, I love Boston College. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, two years ago, because we, was it last, last year, 2019, you know, we didn't run it this year. We're going to run it in the fall virtually. Um, they, uh, I switched it out right there in front of the kids, and they went, it was like I scored the, uh, you know, winning goal in the you know Stanley Cup playoffs you know they went crazy the crowds there are just incredible absolutely incredible there's nothing I don't know what Peachtree's like because I haven't run it in years but the crowds at Boston are yeah. in incredible oh I'd love to do it but boy Peachtree's amazing I mean I have a great time there too I mean the yeah. crowd's really into it but and Boston Marathon is just a dream. You know, I think we should pick up and do the show from Boston one day when, 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 they, when they actually do it in person. That, that Hopefully great. 2021. I've yeah. done yeah. a remote from Boston when I was up there for a radio station. It's it's interesting. You can't even hear uh, yourself. No, I'm, I'm asking that you to take us with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. You can do that. I would love to go there. I would love to run it. That would just be amazing. You yeah. know, it is. And it's, yeah. it's the only marathon besides the Olympics you have to qualify for. So, um, like I said, it's been a blessing. The virtual one in September is interesting because I don't know how they're going to do it because let's be honest, a Garmin or anything, they're not going to do it for place. They're going to, I think they're trying to take the people that basically got, I want to say they got jilted or cheated, but the people that, 
qualified for 2020 and couldn't run. Now that might be somebody that's spent all their life trying to qualify. Qualified. Now they're refunded their money. There's no, you can't defer to 2021. So for instance, Melissa, she qualified, she can't run it. So they're offering a virtual, I think, kind of to make up some of the money. I choose to do it. If you have a streak like I do, and you choose to do it, and you make it within six hours, you add to your streak. If you have a streak and you choose not to do it, it doesn't hurt your streak. So let's just say I'm at 42. I do the virtual, I send it in, I'm at 43. You have 43, you choose not to do it, now we're tied. That's how that's yeah. going about. But there's no, it's not gonna be a winner like any virtual race, because I don't think you can prove that. Right. Well, uh, you said that, uh, what they should do is they should open it up to everybody. That's and to everybody to a virtual Boston, and they could raise money. You get a yeah. Boston shirt, or you know, I ran the Boston Marathon shirt. Open it up to everybody. I can't be ready. I, I agree a hundred percent because <laughs> who's it? It's not hurting anybody. Yeah, and they could recoup. I agree a hundred percent. And then a lot of yeah. people like me and you who might never get to Boston, right? Because you know. Unless we do this, yeah. Yeah. Um, they can say, they could have their little, I ran Boston. I did the virtual uh, you know, race. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. Dave, one thing about Dave McGilvery, if I email him tonight and email him that, I'm sure he's thought of that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just going to ask him. You know, Which a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's not the same because you didn't qualify. You know what? Put an yes. asterisk. You put an yes. asterisk on the shirt. Yeah, just put it. <laughs> instead of a hashtag, <laughs> yeah. put an, an asterisk. Yeah, yeah. We can at least say we had some part of it. You know? But you know what? There's several runners who you know, do it for <laughs> do it for you know fundraising efforts sure, and things yeah. like that, and that could be an aspect of it too. I agree. You know, I have nothing. You know, people say, well, the charity runners shouldn't be able to. Uh, they're raising so much money for charity, and it's great to see somebody that's never done it. That it it means so much to them. Mm -hmm. that, you know yeah. that they get across that finish line, and it it's very it's a very big day up in Boston. It's mm -hmm. they shut down the state. It's a holiday. It's uh, it's crazy there, absolutely crazy. But I love it, and I mm -hmm. I miss you know doing it this year. But I think we have bigger fish to fry with the uh, health situation of sure. our country. Yeah. Well, uh, you said you uh, twenty five years kind of grandfathered you in. Yes. How many other people are at that point? That's 25 consecutive times, right? Well, they they publish a list, and uh, it's less than it's less than 100. I think there's 87 people on the list. I don't look at it as much as some some people take it pretty serious. I'm number six, and uh, the people above me, God bless them, you know, they're in some of them are in their 70s, you know. But if you if you started when you were 21, you have a better chance of you know going but the thing is is health is a big thing because if you get injured one year you mm -hmm. know you're gonna the streak is done it's done so for me it's it's just neat to see when they publish that list you see yourself there and they publish it in the boston marathon program so you know these guys are from you know maryland and you know massachusetts has about three of them and then you see Tifton, Georgia. <laughs> and there's another guy that's in the top. He's run like 25 straight. He's from Atlanta area. I don't know who it is, but um, it's a pretty, and they keep track of it up there. Mm -hmm. They do. So all of a sudden you get this notification, that's, and I got it in 2002, I think. And they said, by the way, we've, we've, um, 
you've run 25 straight. Congratulations, and so on and so forth. And you know, I knew I did, but I didn't know that they, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> back then everything was was not digital. It was just recorded, you know, manually. And right. so it's it's nice to know that you're recognized for. I don't know if it's for certainly not for talent, but it is for commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's it's neat to see those guys every year when I. And right now, our group, the top 10 guys, it's about 10 of us, we're in this virtual race across the country together. We're on a team. Because Dave, you know, wanted to put something on for runners. So he put together the uh, Medford, Oregon to Medford, Massachusetts. You run across the United States, and your team accumulates miles during the, you know, you, you put your mileage in every day. And that's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. It gives you some incentive to run. And I think we're in. I think we just got through Ohio, so I think we're in Pennsylvania right now, and uh, it's and there's a celebrity team, and you know, like Bill Rogers is on it, Joan Joni Benoit, and uh, the guy Rudy Sean Astin, big runner, yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't guy, know, that. You know really, Rudy, you know Rudy, yeah. I lined up next to him uh, one year because um, he's one of those people that gets in because he's a celebrity, and I was going to start, you know, Rudy, Rudy, <laughs> Rudy, but I didn't, I didn't do it because you know, he's probably heard that a million times. So, yeah. is your PR at Boston? No, my PR at Boston is two thirty-seven uh, and change. I ran Marine Corps in two thirty-five forty-two, and that was. Uh, 1982 and I ran another marathon in 231 but I questioned the distance I don't call that my PR if it wasn't certified it's not legit it mm-hmm. was it was it was you know in the middle 1980s and uh, there was a lot of courses like that <laughs> before certification ah it's about yeah. it's about <laughs> enough it's about 26.2 and I went out and measured it in my car it was like 24.8 and I ran 231 I go ah that's not right but yeah I ran in 1982 was the year um, Al Salazar and Dick Beardsley, they went, you know, in those days, if you ran 237, Todd will tell you, because I think that year, I think Todd, even though we didn't know each other, I think that was the year he ran, I want to say he ran sub 220. That's what I want to say, but I'm not sure. He was very fast. And uh, we were both in the top 100 one year. And in those days, there was no barricades. So when you're running down street the crowds are like on mm-hmm. top of you and they'd separate for you they'd separate it's like an accordion so nowadays i'm running next to 18 people those days i'd be running by myself and they just open up open up and then they close and the guy that was in front of you you probably couldn't see but that was i think that was the year i want to say joan benoit passed me you know on a way to a American uh, record in the crowd. I mean, it was so loud. I thought they were cheering for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, how tall are you? Six two. Six two. Yes. That's tall for a, a two thirty seven runner. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. I mean, I have size thirteen shoes too, but <clears throat> some of the taller, like Jeff Galloway, is is over six feet. Rod Dixon. Mm-hmm. You know, Rod's six. Rod's taller than I am. And he ran, you know, Rod is the guy that, uh, remember New York City Marathon where he, he, it's before your time, sorry, <laughs> 1983 where he overtook Jeff Smith in the in Central Park. And Jeff and I are good friends. We communicate every day. Um, he was leading that the entire way and Dixon beat him in the last 300 yards. Oh, wow, and heartbreaker. Rod's yeah. about, yeah, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so, yes, uh, relatively tall. And mm-hmm. um, I don't have a great 
gait cycle, but it works for me. I, my gait cycle is low to the ground. Um, Salazar had a low gait cycle. I'm not comparing myself to him, <laughs> but you can't look at somebody and say, well, he has a low gait cycle or blah, blah, blah. If he's getting the job done, right. I don't care what he looks like. And other than that quad thing, which had, you know, if the listeners or viewers, all seven of them for me, because I won't, you know, I'm not going to be as good as the, the, the girls that were last week. It wasn't due to running as much as all the other stuff I've done in my life. I was, I've been into everything, CrossFit before it was CrossFit, um, just ridiculous stuff that, um, and of course, jumping, you know, in basketball, mm-hmm. ankle weights, weight vests, and stuff like that. I was doing CrossFit right before this happened, and it's not. I, CrossFit is awesome, but it's not awesome for me mm-hmm. because of my age and my joints. And so I, I believe I hurt myself initially doing some crazy stuff, which I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, my fault, not CrossFit. And uh, it just popped the quad. It was like it was <clears throat> like a rope, and it just. So I told him to put some titanium in there, you know, and really, you know some the bionic man. Some, yes, exactly. So <clears throat> I just want to keep going. People say, "When will you stop?" And I says, "God will tell me when to stop." And yeah. well, how how old are you? I'm sixty four. Sixty four. Well, Plymouth says seventy. So he, uh, yeah, he's still running. He did a hundred mile or what three years ago. Yeah, and <clears throat> those years, hopefully, you know, with being teaching and so on and so forth, retirement's around the corner. You know, I plan to teach until I either don't enjoy it or they don't enjoy me or health. And, uh, heck, if, if training when you retire is like what I'm doing right now, shoot. I ran, I ran Albany March 7th, and then I did a Boston. We, we, we actually ran our own Boston just because we thought it would be neat on the day of the Boston Marathon in April. I did 26 miles on a Saturday morning by myself. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yes. And it was What kind of time did you do? I did four hours, twenty nine minutes and sixteen seconds. And it was like a day like today. It was one of those days. And I was roasting. And that included because you can't stop your watch. I stopped and changed. I stopped and had a peanut butter sandwich, you know, I did all that oh stuff. Oh my goodness. You know? I know how you did it. You know, so um now is this a loop through Tifton that you do or I just did uh I've got some wheel measured courses and I just did them repetitively and then just added, you know, whatever I needed. I have that measuring wheel. So, um, I want everything legit if I'm going to do it, you know? So there's been some talk about you putting on a a marathon in in Tifton. Is that right? Well, I, I told the group, you know, the Tifton runners that it would be nice to run a 10 K on 4th July from Northeast because everybody's missing out on peach tree. Mm Mm-hmm. I've run Peachtree once, but I haven't run it since I've moved to Georgia. I ran it in 1986, and I lived in New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> had to make a trip down. I flew down because I had a number that was given to me by Converse because I was working for Converse at the time. And uh, they gave me a number, and it was like 18. And probably somebody that was an elite runner that couldn't show <laughs> up. And uh, I ended up running in 33, 18, or 19. That's pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, I was probably top 25. But I was su- not surprised, but they really, the top 100, they put way ahead of everybody else. 
And it was almost like you were running a local road race in Hey Hira because, <laughs> you know, I saw both of you, but I didn't see, you know, thousands of people. Right. And then you finish and then the, everybody comes. So um, I liked it. I thought it was very tough. I remember that. I was like, wow, this is tough. Yeah, it it's was tough hot. Right. Yeah, especially was, if you're pushing it. Yes. And so I'm just sad. They, they're talking about having it on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what, what I hear. Yeah. Well, I know they've canceled some other big marathons, some world majors. You know, yeah. uh, New York City is is canceled. Uh, the Donna Run down in Our Jacksonville, bad. and it's so, canceled for 2021. Yeah. Yes. Already. Already. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I think with well, the numbers spiking like they are, people are getting a little nervous, which you know, understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that. And uh, you know, we, down here in Georgia. New Hampshire, I guess I got that priority straight. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just teasing. One of my friends is a big race director up there in New Hampshire. And so he lobbied with a, a, a mutual friend of ours who's the governor, Chris Sununu. He said, road racing, what are we going to do with that? And so the governor, they, they put a committee together to figure out how are we going to do road racing? How are we going to do that? Because we address education, we address sports. What are we going to do for road racing? So they made it a category, and they came up with a plan. And they have races up there already. And they start people every 10 seconds. And there's in registration, it's like Walmart. You have to stay away from everybody. When you pass somebody, you have to pass them six feet. You know, it's, it's well organized. And if you have chips, I mean, if you have chip timing, you can do anything you want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of neat. That's got to be the only state with a... With road racing on the agenda. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and I love my home state, New Hampshire. I, I really do. That's where I'm from. But to give you a perspective, Florida right now has double the cases per day. So say if Florida's at eight or 9,000 in a day, New Hampshire doesn't have that many for the entire time that's been going on. They have like 5,600 for the whole time. They have a smaller population. I, you know, I don't know if they've distanced better. People live further apart up there too. But yeah. Massachusetts, on the other hand, was in the top five in the in the country. Mm-hmm. And Massachusetts and New Hampshire are right next to each other. So uh, that's why I haven't gone back home during this time because, you know, yeah. uh, there's, yeah. there's, hot, there's hot spots. And I really don't think it's, you know, other than coming to Valdosta, I mean, that might be the furthest I travel for a while. <laughs> That's a big deal to me. I'm gonna have to. Well, we're honored. I'm gonna have yeah, to, we are. We no, sure this are. is my. This is my. Uh, it's a privilege to me to come down and talk to you guys. I mean, this is so fabulous. Is the marathon your favorite race? Our favorite distance? Uh, it is now. I mean, I've run 108 of them, so um, I think that my body and the and the way I run um, works better for a marathon in terms of how I run. I'm not a fast, I mean, if I look at my PRs, you know, 5K was low 15s, like 15, 15, 10K, 32 and change, half marathon, 112 and change. But the marathon distance, you know, I consistently was under three hours for a long period of time. And um, I just enjoy, I think I enjoy the training for it as much as running them. Well, we've mentioned that before. We like the training about as much as we do actually running it. You know, yes. Because it's a lot of social, for us, the social time. You know, just get together and talk and 
that sort of thing. So it's, it's and, and just to accomplish something, you know. And, and you know, you, you get out there at five thirty in the morning and you run twenty miles, you feel like you're you're on the world, you know. I mean, most people aren't even up by the time you finish. That's we said that on uh, Saturday. Uh, I had two ladies, uh, Rainy and Dawn, and actually Haley was with us too. And uh, I said, my goal, I want to be able to run and walk five hours for this Boston virtual. Because let's be honest, that could be a blazing day, September twelfth. So I'm training to time on feet, I guess. So Saturday's goal was two hours and 45 minutes. So I told the girls, we've got to run slow. We've got to run slow. And they ran. They were great. You know, I think we, we ended up with three hours. And uh, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Now, Rainey, she just ran a, her first marathon. She right? ran her first marathon in uh, Albany. And uh, after, that was March 7th. And the next day, they basically shut down Albany because uh, everything that was going on with Corona. So we snuck that Snickers in. Now, yeah. what she have going on, I, don't wanna, I hope she don't mind us talking about her, but, you know, did she come and say, hey, I want to run a marathon? Or Yes, know? and Rainey doesn't mind. She, she approached me um, in August and said, she messaged me on Facebook because you can't text me, you can't call me because I'm just not a phone guy. And she said, will you help me with a half marathon training plan? Can you give me any tips? And I said, absolutely. So like anybody else, and especially a female, I said, can we meet in a public place? And we did. We met in um, Chili's, and we sat down, and we discussed her plan. And I said, um, any questions? She says, will you do the long runs with me? I says, if I can. And I said, I'm, bu- I'm a busy guy. And I said, a lot of my runs are at 4 in the morning, especially before school. And that girl gosh she'd get up at four in the morning before work run with me and then we did a few runs during the cross-country season we we go to Tallahassee we go to all these meets and our bus leaves at say five early, or early. <laughs> we did a couple of 10 12 milers at uh, two o'clock in the morning you know the football teams they, a lot of the football teams high school which Colquitt County started it they started leaving the day before I think cross country should do the same thing because yeah. those are early morning <laughs> bus rides. Yes. Because the race, yeah. that you know, those races start at eight o'clock. Yes, yes. And, and so, even if you're down in Tallahassee, you're leaving here at five o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. to get there, run warm ups. My son runs cross country uh, at the Valdosta Middle School. I said, I don't care what you do, but you're gonna, you're going to run cross country. <laughs> <laughs> So she's she's dedicated. She did long runs. It's it's for me at my age. It's great to see people accomplish their goals. Right. And for me to see the um, satisfaction on her face or some of these other like Dawn and Haley when they achieve something, I, I feel like I've contributed. And it's more exciting to me to help them with their marathon than mine, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. Yeah. When I come across the finish line in Boston, it's pretty cool, though. I, I will say that's a, that's a feeling, especially my children are older now, and they, uh, they're they at the finish on uh, Boylston Street and, uh, a few years ago. It was in 2018. It was 37 degrees, and it was raining as hard as you've ever seen it rain. Like in, you know, the mm-hmm. worst thunderstorm in South Georgia when it's coming down, you can't see. It rained like that the entire time. It yeah. was freezing. That's the year that Debbie ran it. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah, I remember Do you remember Jacksonville Bank several years ago yes. when it rained like that? Yes. Remember that? It was like a monsoon for yes. like several miles. Yeah. And it was freezing. I thought I, I I wasn't worried about my legs. I wasn't worried about my conditioning. I thought I was going to freeze because I went into hypothermia at 15 miles. I, I was... <laughs> and uh, 
I looked on the sidelines, and this lady with an umbrella, and uh, she had mittens on. And I ran over to her. I said, ma'am, I have no right to ask you this, but I would be forever indebted. I can never thank you, but could you please give me your mittens? And she says, I've got something better. And she had those hunters, those heat things that you put in your yeah. And she had four of them. She gave me four. She put two down my shirt, and she put two in my hands. And I instantly warmed up, instantly. And gosh, I was smiling because I knew I was going to make it at that point. Yeah. But I wow, how nice. Yes. And my finish line pitcher that year, it, you can just see, it's just, you can barely see me because there's so much rain. But big smile on my face and the kids, you know, my son's like, they're smart. They don't, they don't say, hey, dad. They go, hey, Beeman. Because everybody, you know, if, you, if it's your kid, they're, hey, dad. You know, so they, they now take pride in taking a selfie with me in the background finishing that Boston Marathon. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> so any of your children runners? Well, Melanie is, um, she's 24, and she's, she has run a few half marathons with me. And my son, who's 19, he's, he's in this category. He loves podcasts, and he's a big videographer. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of videos for rappers, and he's gone to L.A., Atlanta, and so on and so forth. He's into this. Like I told him that I was going to go down and see Joe Rogan and Bert Kreisner <laughs> and uh, all those famous. Uh, well, maybe he can come in and give us some tips because you know. we we truly are just winging it. Uh, him. Yeah. I mean, he knows, he, yeah, he knows everything. Uh, just, I just show he, up. Yeah. And, and I le- I've learned everything that I know about podcasting and you know video streaming since Corona started. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Everything that I've put together has been since Corona. This is great. I, I had no idea how to do this. Yeah, you've done a good job. You really have. So. Yeah. It's it's great. I love it. I love the name, the running theory. It's just it's great stuff. We, we came up with that along a run. Yeah, we sure one did. Day. Yeah, we we put a lot of stuff together. We get together. We talk about this stuff. We come up with all these ideas. All and, ideas. Of course, you know, ideas sound great when you're running. Everything's like, oh my god, it's just a wonderful idea. But you know, when you get back and you kind of start thinking about it, you say, well, we can probably get rid of that. <laughs> I solve. I solve all the world's problems when I'm sure, running. Sure, same here. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Grass. We've grass done it running. twice at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of them. And <laughs> you also solve, that's the great thing about running, you solve problems that maybe you were going to talk to somebody and, and complain to them, or maybe yeah. it's a relationship problem, maybe it's a friend problem. And, boy, you soften after oh, you yeah. know, two yeah. hours of running. I agree. I, I, I'm totally that same way. I mean, I think about an issue and I start thinking, you know, I can do it this way or do it that way. And by the time you get through running, you've kind of – like mm-hmm. I say, you smooth it all out. You do, and it, I think most runners that I've met are so laid back. They don't have the big tempers, and, you know, um, there's very few runners I've met that are you don't like, you know. And sometimes at the elite level, you might meet somebody that's, wow, you know, he, he won't talk to you. Wow, I'm pretty tired. But yeah. the old-timers, like, you know, Bill Rogers, it's, you know, he is as nice as nice can be. Yeah. And, you know, that's the one thing I love about running because if you line up at the Boston Marathon, you're lining up with some of the best runners in the world, and they're running the exact same race, maybe a you know an hour or two start before you, but you, they're running the exact same race, yeah. and they're just there, and they're going to struggle exactly like you're going to struggle, you know. It's like if we were playing baseball, you're going to go up there and you're going to you know swing off in you know Yankee Stadium just like Aaron Judd is going to be up there later that afternoon or something. And that's just, that's what makes runners real. Like the world-class runners, it makes them real because they're going to be out there on the same course doing the exact same thing. And you have the opportunity to do that 
and that's what that's what I love about running. Yeah, Run, yeah. runners are very uh, relatable too. We relate to each other's uh, issues and you know shortcomings and injuries and, and all that sort of thing. So I think that's really good, and it makes you, you know, running is just very zen anyway. You know, you get and it'll there. it'll humble you very quickly. Oh, yeah. it will. <laughs> what I like about it, and I tell the girls this because for some reason I I you know I've mentioned women, and mm-hmm. a lot of women train with me because I think the the greatest thing you can have with a female uh, or an opposite gender runner runner is trust mm-hmm. trust so they trust me to run with them but where are you going to go out uh, you're not going to go out to dinner with somebody uh, for three hours and mm-hmm. talk to them about some of the craziest things because as the miles go further and further and further the talk gets more crazy and crazy <laughs> and euphoric <laughs> yeah. and by the time you hit you know three hours which you did the other day you know we're talking about all sorts of things but that's not going to happen if you, you know at a bar or a, you know wherever you're at it's a it's just brings it bonds people together there's such a trust factor in running and that's i value the friendships i value mm-hmm. the you know all the relationships i've had over the years that i've made in south georgia i mean i'm not from here and I know a lot of the Valdosta Running Club, um, you know, of course the Tifton Runners. I'm not worldly, you know, the Atlanta people, you know, not so much, but, you know, you can relate, you relatable. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's neat to be able and support, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, the majority of people that I talk to on a regular basis are runners. Yes. And me, me and Rick, we might not, I mean, we hadn't really talked in a, a several years oh you mean up, I mean, now? Yeah, up yeah, until yeah, now yeah. until we started running again but then it's just like oh we it was like we you know just never stopped up, up you know off. yeah we both kind of went in different directions for a little while because i'd had a little bit of i know i say this every episode but i had a little um, a little surgery and i just kind of really got sidelined for a while i just kind of lost my interest in running mm-hmm. i just was not into it at all anymore and i was running i was getting out there and i was just making myself and nothing to do with the group but i was just making myself personally run the six miles every wednesday and mm-hmm. that's all i wanted i didn't want anything else i, I hated it yeah you know it was unusual because i loved running so much but i was getting out and that's really all i could do and then you know, I, I I couldn't run for a while, so I wasn't running with you guys on Sunday mornings anymore, mm-hmm. and we just kind of kind of drifted apart there for a little while. But something happened last, uh, and just just to say this again, probably for the umpteenth time, something happened last year around the end of the year. I just something snapped, and I just came back. I don't know how to explain it. The cooler weather, you know, just kind of had that desire to run again, and I just I just got back into it. You know, so I hung on for a while, and you know, by, just barely hanging on by the whites of my my nails here, I guess, but uh, now I feel like I'm back. And it's it's allowed me to travel, you know, I've run marathons and you know, different countries, different states um, and you see so much but it's you know, whether it's South Georgia or Boston Massachusetts, the sights are unbelievable. I was telling you about uh, pooling that's the furthest I've traveled yeah. Amy's uh, farmhouse out there we were running around there and they've got these cows she's got cat they're not hers but the cows like chase us when we run by <laughs> stuff like that you know you can't put a price on that uh, um, activity or those memories and stuff like that and I, I think that's what brings us all together and you know kind of softens the heart you know because um, you know we we get along so well when I see sure. you and whoever you're you know you might be running with that right Wh- whether it's David Van or Ernest or yeah. uh, Jim um, Jeff, Jeff you yeah. know it's Jamie always too. hey guys what's going on and you guys are moving along and you notice a lot of times when you pass me we're walking because we were disciplined in that three minutes run one minute walk so people go I see you walking a lot and I says well try to keep up with us sometime and see, see <laughs> yeah. how that works you know because the overall pace 
is always interesting when we when we do that. So, you know, it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Right. Some, some people don't like to walk, and that's okay. For mm-hmm. me, it improves my posture because when you get older, you do this. And so when you walk, all of a sudden you're upright again, and you bring your shoulders back. And I noticed when I started doing that, my shoulders didn't hurt as much because runners have a tendency, these things get real weak. And uh, I have to watch myself, you know, <laughs> stay up straight. So you're also cross-country coach. Yes, yes. So have you all started training or we have, know, what is, is that? This is a dead week, and it's a great question. It's Everything's volunteer. Uh, we're allowed to gather. We were <clears throat> 25 a session. Now we can go 50. But it's very, if a kid shows up with a, a temperature, you know, you have to fill out these forms. Do you have a temperature? You have to do this. Are you coughing? So on. Stay home if you're sick. So on and so on and so forth. My question was, what if a kid comes Tuesday and Wednesday, he calls me and says, I got COVID. What what happens there? What's that scenario? It's a very convoluted scenario because we if the kid's parents don't want us to say the name we can't we can't say the name we can just say somebody had COVID if you want to get tested or if you want to quarantine you can but we don't make them quarantine which is it's an interesting dynamic because businesses there's some businesses that have literally closed because people were exposed to somebody that had COVID Mm -hmm. so we it makes me a little nervous, but mm-hmm. I can promise you I stay way away from the – I'm probably 20 feet apart, and I can do what I have to do. And I ride in my car. I, I don't run with the kids right now just because I want to be safe, and I want to go around in my car to make sure they're safe. So but I can run with them. When things are normal, I run every afternoon with them, and it's great, especially mm-hmm. when they <laughs> see the old man going by them. You know, they, they, well, because, you know, Cross country is one of those sports that it starts first week of school, if not before. Yes. I mean, you hit the ground running. And so with the layoff, you know, you have, you know, eighth graders that are coming up. How do they know about the cross country team? You know, you show up on the first day of school and say, hey, you want to be on the, you want to join the team? Which they, they got four years to build up. But, you know, like I said, you want, I mean, you might have some real runners out there who are in eighth grade and they have not, you know, because you ended school year early last year. So I don't know if you had a chance to get into the, you know, the middle schools and promote the program, you know, and then there's also the issue of budgets and things like that and having to raise money because if you don't know, which I know, you know, they don't allot a lot of money for cross country, which it's a girls and a boys team. You might have 40, 50 runners. You might have half a football team and not even a tenth of the budget. I don't even know. Yeah, it's. But our football team funds our cross country, so mm-hmm. I'm very friendly with them. But to the point about <laughs> the middle school, we have more middle school runners out in the last three weeks, and we've got some great middle school runners. Mm-hmm. Great. And they're out there every single night. I do two sessions, one in the morning and one in the evening, uh, 7.30 in the morning and 6.30 at night. And um, they're at both just because I have nothing better to do. But it's great to see the little kids, the little guys. They're so cute. You know, they're impressionable. They don't, they don't have cars, and they just want to run and run and run and run and run, and they're just adorable. So we have, uh, we have a great middle school uh, program. My problem is just keeping them 
motivated till when they're a senior in high school because mm-hmm. yeah. then they have uh, alternatives and they have cars and they have girlfriends, boyfriends, jobs, so on and so forth. So that's the hard part. The middle school kids are awesome. Hey, when I showed up in Tifton, um, I, know, uh, I didn't really know anybody initially, and uh, I saw I recognized this uh, this phenomenon pretty quickly though that kept sending these T-shirts that said "Beaming Boys, Beaming Girls." I've even been to restaurants for. You know, they'd be birthed, they'd have their smock on, but I'd see the back of the shirt and say, Beaming Boy, Beaming Girl. So tell us about that, Mike. Well, it, it started as a joke. Is uh, We were in a talent show when I first came down here. We, we did this talent show, and I don't know what we did, but we made a video. A video. <laughs> and we did this thing called I'd Walk 500 Miles by the, uh, is it the yeah, Pretenders. Yeah. I would yeah. walk 500 yeah. miles. And so we did this video, and it showed 10 guys walking, but we had white T-shirts. It wasn't Beeman Boys. And uh, we, we did the video, and then for the talent show, the screen, it showed us walking into the auditorium. Well, then it, it, the screen went away, and we came walking in. Like, <laughs> and, but we were walking. I mean, we were walking through Valdosta. We were walking through McDonald's drive-thrus and stuff like that. So we did this stupid skit on stage. We were terrible, and we won the talent show. <laughs> <laughs> so the kids said, well, you got to get us some T-shirts, and we've got to get a name for ourselves. So I says, well, one of the kids says, well, what about the Beeman Boys? <laughs> and so we spelled it B-M-A-N. So we made these shirts, and every kid in the school wanted them <laughs> for whatever reason. I said, no, that was the talent show kids. So the next year, we did it again, but more kids wanted to do it. So we made more shirts, and then I started selling them, and then it just it went <laughs> it took off. I'll say that. Uh, it was, I see it all Spirit over. Spirit Week one year, they all dressed up as now you can't do it because it's offensive. And I'm certain they can't. They call it Nerd Day, but they can't call it that anymore because it's offensive. But we had 300 kids dress up with these funny glasses and the shirts and these, you know, and so it, it's. Now it's Hipster Day. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, in 2008, they, I just the girls wanted somebody. equal opportunity. Yeah, so <laughs> the girls wanted them in 2008. So at first I wouldn't do them, and the girls go, "It's." I said, it's not right if I make Beeman Girl shirts. They said, it is right if we ask you to. It's okay. And so now more girls have them than guys. So um, I'll have to get some for the for the crew here, you know. Oh, wow, that'd be great. You know? Definitely. Yeah, that would be shirt any day. Yeah, that'd be great. you got to have that because now you're part of the part of the cult. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Hey, uh, what uh, what restaurant are you on the wall in there in Tifton? I, I saw a snippet. I saw maybe in the newspaper. I saw a picture of you oh, and Gina Purvis on the wall. Um, it's it. Applebee's. Applebee's. He's a, on the wall. You're on Applebee's. He's on the wall. That's yeah. yeah, at Applebee's. Yes. It's. Um, I thought that was great. That they did that. I mean, well, how, did, how did that happen? Did they just come well, to you and say you're well, my? If you run a road race, any picture. If you sign a waiver to road race, any photography they do is they can use it in a public setting. And what happened is it was after the market June market race in downtown, the Market Square or something like that. Is that that run? run um, gosh, I used to help put it on. Five <laughs> K right yeah, down yeah. by the yeah. the uh, the. Run to the market. Yes, run to the market. To the market. And so Gina Purvis and I had a awards picture taken, and they took that picture, and they plastered it on the wall. So I went in there because everybody was taking pictures next to it. And uh, 
I said, uh, hey, can I get a free appetizer because my picture's on the wall? I says, that's part of the ambiance in here. <laughs> manager says, no. <laughs> <laughs> you need a spokesman, huh? Yeah, I, haven't been, I haven't been back since, you know? <laughs> uh, they nice. got you all there all the time anyway, right? I mean, yeah, it's nice to be, it's nice to be uh, on a wall somewhere for something. Yeah, yeah. You know? Very deserving. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty neat when I saw that. Well, they, they have banners up in Boston for the top ten that, um, you know, have run it the most so those are kind of neat I, I just want mine i want to have one you know yeah but they they it's an honor you know in that respect you know when you see something like that you know in the, in the city of boston you know right down in Faneuil hall they only put them up when the marathon is marathon week it's, like i said the marathon up there is very serious you know well mike uh, looking at a 56 year old guy like myself and a 40 year old guy like rob i mean and we're probably I mean, we could run faster than this, but, you know, just our, probably, we're probably at nine minutes, wouldn't you say, Rob? Just kind of conservatively, we're a nine-minute runners right now, mm-hmm. comfortably. I mean, is it possible for us guys to, to qualify for Boston? Yes, yes. What you, the key to, you know, gaining speed, what are your PRs in the marathon distance? My best is probably like a, probably like a um, 357 is probably 357? I'm in that range, 350s. So, so you're obviously your age has a lot to do with your uh, qualifying uh, time because 50 if you're 56 you're probably talking uh, sub I think it's 345. Three, oh, is it? I, I thought it was 330, but 345 uh, is better. Yeah, I think it's it's. It is like a couple minutes better than that, right? You kind of ensure yourself. Yeah. So the key to it is is the weekly long run where you're going. You know, to train for that, you know, you're talking 930s, you know, for distance. I go up, I go all the way up to 24 miles in training. And then the alternate weeks, I put people on a 16-week plan. And the alternate weeks, what I do is an indicator run. That's what I did with Melissa is an indicator run. I was going to ask you about her because I used to run with Melissa a little bit. And, you know, she's a, she's always been a great runner. But, man, she is like a beast now. Yes. I mean, she, just, she shellacked me. I ran with her in the uh, Jacksonville Bank Marathon several years ago. And I think it might have been her first marathon. But, man, she, she just hung me out to dry. Which, I mean, it was all good. I mean, she's she totally deserving of it. I mean, she's, she's very fast. She... I put her on a plan, and she is a beast. And she had to run sub 3:30 up at Boston. She ran 3:25 and change, and she requalified. She was all set to go this year, but her indicator runs—that's what I call them—is you build up, you know, during that 16 weeks where you go eight, then the next, the alternate week from the long run, nine, ten, and you go up and you run the pace desired for the marathon distance. So in her case. She had to run, you know, those indicator runs at eight minutes a mile, you know, because that's what she was planning on is because uh, if you can't run because a 328 or a 329 14 is a eight minute pace for the marathon distance. If you can't run 15 miles at eight minute pace, you're not going to do it for 26. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple, but you can't do your long, long, long runs that way. They've got to be much slower. So you build your strength one week and then you get your leg turnover the other weeks, you know, where you do those indicator runs. No, I think that's very doable for, for both of you. Just how much time you have and how much desire to do it you know those those two things if you focus on the training and and do it i definitely believe if you if you've already been below four it's just a matter of bringing it down bringing it down but it's uh, i'll be honest with you it's tough and i've 
I qualified for last year's Boston Marathon. I had run like 349 down in Jacksonville. Um, I don't know why. I, I have no <laughs> idea why I, why I wanted to qualify when I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. And then I've run a, a, a few sub fours in the last couple of years for no reason. Just wanted to do it <laughs> to prove that I qualified. Still make the grade. Because they have so many lists up there. They have a list of uh, the, the most that people have done. They have that list. Then there's a list of, um, I believe, the most qualified, that you've qualified the most. And that's a different list because of the people that have done it that many times because some people stop qualifying after 25 years. Mm-hmm. I believe my number is, I think I've qualified for it 39 or 40 times out of 42 times doing it. And, it, you know, it's a blessing, you know, as far as that goes. But I don't look at it and go, oh, wow, I qualified more times than you were. Yeah. I just, <laughs> it, it just... Because one of these days I'm not going to do I'm not going to make the distance because something's going to happen or something you know you just or hopefully it'll come back you know you know we may have well, already experienced the good old days yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well you know what it might be where the Boston Marathon's a week long you know yes. yeah. they they do you know the age groupers on this certain day mm-hmm. I mean we have to really start to look at it. can we get sixty thousand people in one place anymore at all That's you correct. know and yeah. road racing might be the easiest thing to do is you show up on monday you're going to run you know these this group of people's going to run you're going to show up on tuesday the elites are going to be on a different day and as long as it comes back i don't know if anybody's going to really care <laughs> you know yeah but yeah so uh, these things new york marathon they have a bazillion people peach tree has so many people in that one place and you know even at the gate river run when you're all in the corral and you're like shoulder to shoulder is that going to be are we going to do that in the next you know yeah couple years i don't know you're right i i don't know i there's so many what ifs right now i don't even know what to say but you know what (laughs) running and training right now you can do it anytime yeah so have fun you can be out there you know that's absolutely right you're you set the parameters on what success is every day um, you run my run today my goal was to run for two hours it was hotter than Hades and humid the points were high but I did it so I set the parameters I wanted to do two hours and I did so that's a successful run if I said I wanted to run four miles in uh, nine minute pace and that's I set those goals and I don't need other people to do it I do it and you feel accomplished the funny thing is um, despite not putting it on social media, you know, I did run this morning as far as, you know, you know, some people put their Stravas and that my runs, which I think is awful. But I, don't, I don't have the ability to do that. <laughs> so, so are you uh, old school as far as the fact that you don't GPS run or do anything like that? I have a 1080 Walmart watch and I just measure my courses with my wheel and I calibrated my wheel to my wheel on my uh, car, so they're equal, and so I can measure courses extremely accurate. And I just that's how we did it in the old days. That's you know, we the courses were measured and we just go out and run them. And back way back in the 70s, courses weren't 10ks and 5ks, they were the distance the course was. So there's a lot of odd distances like 5.7 and 10.2 and you know, 
Falmouth, one of the biggest road races in America, which is usually in August, 7.1 miles. And it's one of the, it's always been one of the biggest races in America. And um, 7.1 miles. It's a point to point. And you keep a log. Yes. You keep a journal or log. Journal, log. What, what does your log book look like? The ones you get from Nathan's or, you know, some of them it was a notebook, you know, back in the good old days. But those, and there, I have boxes of them. And it's neat to look back in the 70s and see what I was thinking and what I was doing and some of the idiotic things I would write in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think I dropped out of one marathon, and it was in it was Rhode Island. It was the Ocean State Marathon. And I was trying to qualify for the Olympic trials, which that year the provisional goal, the provisional standard was 228. And I had run that 231 up in, you know, that was a short course. And so I went out, and I think I had to run 540 a mile, something like that. I can't remember. And I, I got to 16 miles, and I was running well. And I ran a six-minute mile. And the next mile was like 553. And I said, I'm done. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I gave up. What a stupid thing to do because it would have been a PR. It would have been a great time, you know. I can't run one mile in five minutes and 45 seconds now. I can't imagine doing that at this age. But it's all, you know, that's what age does to you. Yeah. You know, people that were, you know, my friends that could run 209 and 210 for the marathon distance, they have a tough time, you know, just running 10 minute pace because they just, the effort, the, you know, atrophy of their, you know, body and so on and so forth, and the desire. You know, if you were at this level, at the Olympic level, what's the desire other than fitness? You know, yeah. that's, and there's a lot of guys like that that I know that are friends of mine. They go, they, we just enjoy it. We, we don't like beating up our bodies anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand that. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I came back around, but I can understand that mentality. Yeah. Why are you doing it? I just, yeah. I just still enjoy it. Yeah. Well, it's obvious. It shows. I mean, especially for you to say you get so much satisfaction out of it, even now. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Rob, what are we looking like? Well, we it, it is almost 5 o'clock, so we've, wow. been going for, uh, we've been going for an hour 21. Wow, that's, that's pretty the, good. It, it, it flies by when yeah. you're doing this podcast, just yeah. talking. You know, and I can probably sit here and talk for another two sure, hours. Sure, yeah, easy. Yeah. You know, the, because the, the and we, and we should have you back in the fall when you're doing the virtual or about the week okay. before you do the virtual. Okay. And uh, we'll talk about it. And then maybe go through the course, okay? And do you know? Because that that is, I mean, it's America's race. I mean, you can have the New York City, you can have the Olympic trials where they were in Atlanta this year, but there's nothing like the Boston. I mean, it's the race that everybody in America, if you put on a pair of running shoes, you know the Boston Marathon. Yeah. And so I could listen to that for hours and hours on end. <laughs> Well, the way I'm going to set it up in Tifton, since it is virtual, is I'm going to set up a repetitive course in Tifton so that I'm inviting people to run it, sections of it with me, or a 5K or, you know, 10K, whatever they want to do, they can join me. But it's going to be slow. It's going to be my my marathon, my rules. But if you want to run ahead or behind to participate, that's going to be a... Yeah. Let's a, get up before you do that, and let's see what we can do to you know kind of not promote it but maybe promote it a little bit if you want to come and support i mean because it's going to be a lot different than running out there you know the loops as it is you know running down the streets of boston running heartbreak hill 
I don't but, know what uh, Mike's pre-game or pre-race uh, thing is, but who knows? We might can even go out there and talk to him before he starts, or something. Right, maybe when you finish. Yes, absolutely. You know, we that would be that would be a lot of fun. You know, it, it, the more people you can bring into it, that and I've had a lot of people said that they're either going to cheer or they're going to show up and, and run. It's it's neat because they realize the magnitude of it and the disappointment that people had when you know Boston was canceled and so on and so forth. But um, it's there's nothing like it. And I've run, you know, Montreal, Bermuda, San Diego, New York, uh, Jacksonville, um, Snickers. Um, <laughs> the fans of Boston are—they're just unbelievable. They are, and they—they they know, a lot of them know me just because of my shirt. You know, I'm the guy that comes by with a Wellesley <laughs> shirt and then changes it to Boston College. But, um, and then you see people along the way. For years, I would see people that I never saw, but once a year, like college friends, uh, college teammates would be on the course, you know, and, uh, you know, you'd see them and you'd say, they are always standing right there, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> My college basketball coach, as gruff and rough as he was, and thought I was crazy to run that first Boston Marathon in April of 1978. Um, I didn't know it at the time until I got to 25 mile mark and he was standing there smoking a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> <And he> goes, <laughs> it's like, and a boy, Michael, good job. <laughs> and it was one of the, it almost makes me cry to know that he took his time. And then later on, on the 25th, when, when I was running my 25th straight, they did an article in the Boston Globe about it. I don't know why they picked me, because I wasn't the number one guy, but they did. They chose to do the article about and they interviewed him. And it was neat, his reflection on that, you know. And he says, I was so proud of him. He's like my own son. I mean, that meant a lot. Did he, did he say he was a little upset when he, when he later when he found out that you ran a, a, <laughs> no, a marathon midseason? Uh, he didn't. He wasn't upset because I wasn't that good. <laughs> I didn't have to flame him because I couldn't, I couldn't jump. And I could, I could jump very high. That was it. I could jump really, really high. But if you think about it, if you're – training for running you're you put all your energy into running mm -hmm. if you're training for basketball obviously i'm going to train to jump high so i can get up i mean i could i could jump up and put a dunk a basketball with two hands no problem but um after that i couldn't even jump over a telephone board <laughs> <laughs> before we sign up i want to ask you one question i don't even know if you can do this but what's your favorite running moment your training racing what's your favorite moment in the whole well, whole scheme of I'll try to answer it short, but it's not a race. Um, I, uh, 19, in 1998, I pushed my daughter, Melanie, in a stroller. She was two years old, and I wanted to raise money for Make-A-Wish, the organization that grants wishes for kids with terminally ill uh, diseases. And I approached Make-A-Wish, and I said, I want to run from Canada to Salem, New Hampshire, to Massachusetts. The length of New Hampshire is 248 miles. I'm going to do it in eight days. I'm going to run 31 miles a day. And I'm going to push her in the stroller. 10 miles, 10 miles, 10 miles, every single day for eight days. And uh, they said, you're out of your mind. And I had to raise $4,000 to grant a wish. So I signed the contract. I trained for nine months. My, you know, Marie, you know, supported it. And, and Melanie was only two years old. And uh, we ran from... Um, Canadian border to the Massachusetts border and raised a little over $23,000. Goodness so gracious. Wow, that's man. memory number one. And memory number two is I did it again with my son. And, uh, you know, we did that in 2002. So it's not a racing moment. It's the fact that 
I did over a marathon a day for eight straight days, and uh, that accomplishment was uh, it was neat, and it was it was for me it was great because we granted twelve wishes in uh, the two times we did it, and so yeah, that's my greatest running moment. That's awesome. And do, wow, you, do your story. kids have any memory of this? No, they <laughs> they said we remember your feet moving. That's now. You were using a jogging, jogging stroller? Yeah, I had a state-of-the-art Trek that was donated by uh, Trek. They, they, and it's like a condominium on wheels, and it was just an amazing stroller. And uh, Because that's the one thing. 31 miles a day, that's probably more than most of them get in a lifetime. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. And uh, the one that I pushed Melanie is in, is in the New England Sports uh, Hall of Fame. No, that's cool. You know, wow. For, for, it was a big deal up there at the time because it was crazy and it was like are you kidding me type of deal but if you want to raise money you got to do something extreme mm-hmm. yeah. I had people tell me I was out of my mind I wasn't sure after the <laughs> first day if I wasn't out of my mind that's a long ways uh-huh. oh yeah but, holy cow you know, that's an incredible was, feat I was 42 at the time so I mean I just I felt I could do it and I trained for it, and uh, what well, nine months of training? That's all I heard from the first. You know, I'm like yeah. nine months of training. That's a, you talk about sixteen weeks. That's three months. That seems like a long time. Yeah, nine months yeah. Is, was, is a really long time. And I was, I know I was in good shape because that year at Boston, I ran like a three oh seven at age uh, forty two. So I was fit. Yeah. And See. The, all these guys, Steve Plymouth, him, they do all their good stuff at 42. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got two years. Yeah, I got man. two years. If, yeah, I can get a, if I can get on the beaming plan <laughs> two years from now. Yeah. Man, you'll have stories like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> well, you know you what? You have something to talk I got, about. I got, you know, two 11, 11-month-old twins. 11-month-old twins. I'm 40 years old. So when they're two years old, I'll be 41. I am inspired for you to do that. So I can get the double jogging stroller out. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and yeah. do something crazy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, let's put it on the books. Yep. Let's keep it in mind, man. It sounds good. <laughs> hey, I have All enjoyed right. it. Yeah, it's this been is great. great. Yeah. I hope your so, ratings go up. <laughs> I'm sure. They well, will. you know, if if you like it and you share the post, yeah. they will go up because right. this this man knows a lot. He's connected. I'm sure he's connected. Uh, you share it with me, Rick. and well, and then sure if will. you have any connections that you know somebody feels sorry for two you know slow guys in Valdosta, Georgia who want to come run the Boston Marathon, if you have any pool, you know we yeah. will we will take it whatever you got. <laughs> okay. Uh, so like and share. On Facebook and YouTube, we stream live on Facebook and YouTube every Monday, or most Mondays. Most Mondays, we we, we finagle it, we get it in there. Yeah. Sometime in the afternoons, we are are all all we can do is promise. You know, most Mondays. Like you say, we deliver content. We deliver content deliver every content. Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but then again, if you want to listen to the podcast, the podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, and a bunch of other podcast venues it usually takes me a day or two to, to load that up but we appreciate you uh amanda boone says hey beeman hey uh, uh charlie mizell says hello mr beeman thank you for all your effort in helping me and others in the running community and uh shout out to mona thomas who says hello so uh anything else no, we'll be back next week. We'll uh, be Stephanie, back next Stephanie week. Dorman next week. Stephanie Dorman next week, and she has her own little journey that we're going to talk sure about. She sure does. Super interesting. I'm looking forward to talking to her. So uh, we appreciate y'all watching, and we'll see y'all next week. Thanks. <laughs>